All right. I think it's going to be a little off. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I <laughs> okay. think I think it'll be right on. Um, okay. Okay, so All let right. me do that thing that I do. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender-neutral fans all across the globe, welcome to the fourth Adam Sandler podcast. Very nice. Hey, Thanks. right all the way, all the way through. Yeah, I'm. I've got it down now. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um. Cool. So yeah, today we are talking about anger management. Um, yes. This is our. 90th Adam Sandler film, I think, or right up there, right in there, 89 or 90. I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> that's how. That's how many years it's added to my life. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to describe to my grandma why I was doing this podcast because I watched Anger Management at her place over the weekend. <laughs> she was off at can bingo you, and. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't. Can think you I also? Did. Can you also explain to me why we're doing this podcast? <laughs> it seems like different people who were sitting there watching, I go with the flow or just go with it. I don't, or no, I don't even know what the name of it was. The, the one that we, the first one we watched. Yeah, the David Spade, uh, Adam Sandler. Uh, the do-over. The do-over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're so innocent back then. <sighs> So, so so full this, of dreams. Yeah, this will be a good idea. <laughs> this can't go wrong. Yeah. What's well, to regret? Just, right. It's like, oh, I'll definitely have things to say about 40 Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> we'll just be like, say, look, there's the uh, there's the fart joke. There's the um, yeah. So of, there were some interesting you know. things around heteronormativity in this film. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So I, you know, I really, uh, I'm unsure about their uh, representation of trans people. I, <laughs> on one hand, it's it's cool that they, uh, I guess, put them in the movie, but also, um, I don't I don't think that's very uh, accurate or respectful <laughs> depiction. Oh man, it's it's something. Is this what is this? Is this our eleventh Adam Sandler movie? I I don't actually know, but it's something like that. We can count, but I don't know. It's twelve. Matter. I did it. Yeah. Twelve. I did it really oh, okay. quick. Sweet. Yeah, I knew it was eleven or twelve. So we're on number twelve. Wow. That's All great. Right. I guess I could have yeah. just looked to see what episode was the last one. But yeah, so anger management. Can I can I do the honors? Absolutely. I wrote up a little Please. uh I, I wrote up a little something that I think is really gonna bring us into the story. Okay. It cool. works out. So anger management, here's my summary. Dave Busnick can't catch a break. It's bad enough when your boss takes credit for your hard work and when your girlfriend's best friend has a crush on her and a foot-long penis. But after an incident on an airplane escalates into criminal proceedings for Dave, the poor soul is forced to attend anger management classes led by Buddy Rydell, played by Jack Nicholson, a therapist with unusual methods. Over the course of the film, David's suspicions over Buddy's Buddy continued to grow as he navigates compounding legal concerns as well as problems in his work as his boss keeps taking credit for his work and his love life. What's a guy to do? Man, you wrote that? Yeah, I wrote that. Damn. Um, that is... That was uh, good. I, I wrote that in lieu of doing the DVD zone because I don't... Yeah. I had to take the DVD back because apparently 
it's five dollars for a late DVD, and I just Ugh. couldn't justify taking the risk anymore. I had yeah. I had talked them out of a few fees, and I was like, "This, it's uh-huh. not worth it." So I don't know if yeah. DVD Zone will come back. Maybe, oh, man. <laughs> maybe I'll just swing by the library and take a bunch of pictures of them, and our viewers, oh, okay. our listeners, will never know I never actually went to the library or never. Okay, you know they won't know they're not in the DVD Zone. So yeah, you could just yeah. make it up. So well, is there you, anything I missed a... in in that beautiful? beautiful summary i don't think so i mean okay yeah i think that was a good synopsis um of the film yeah we're done (laughs) sweet (laughs) yeah (laughs) i really think that yeah so Um, uh what'd you think of it what'd you what are your thoughts well you know uh so i guess we should always we always start these kind of we look at that am sandler character within the film uh this is what dave busnick yep all right so what I noticed about this character, this uh, this Adam Sandler character, is that he um, he's a little more he's kind of in a little bit more mild mannered mode. Um, so he's a little bit more reserved. He's not uh, as confident as some of his other characters. So uh, and it's I thought that was kind of interesting um, in some of the earlier ones when he's played more reserved characters or characters who are shyer. I guess uh, they've been more in like the little Nicky mode, but in this, he's clearly in Am Sandler. I'm Am Sandler playing myself mode. Yeah, <laughs> too. It's like um, I'm not even in his movies. Yeah, um, but he's definitely like reining it in and trying to create a more mild mannered, more like passive uh, character, but then who is uh, constantly kind of beset by. The frustrations of the world um and then as the movie progresses he kind of slips into his more confident uh persona which i thought was interesting i mean that that shows kind of he put a little bit of character growth within the character within the movie yeah um whereas in some movies like uh mr deeds i would say he he doesn't ever change in the movie he goes into it pretty confident in who he is and yes. he's just kind of like i'm adam sandler like that seems like just Adam Sandler. Like it didn't seem like he was playing a character in that one. <laughs> I'm like, just a I feel... cool, normal guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's kind of his self perception. Who knows though? He could be a real uh, weirdo. Yeah. Too. I haven't. Like he does some strange stuff, but he definitely d- does have a sort of normal, quote unquote, normal guy persona that he falls back on in a lot of these movies. So yeah. I don't know. And I do think, I mean, we've done Big Daddy, and I feel like that was the one that marked that shift into, yeah. like, now I'm just going to be pretty much normal all the time. Yeah. And, you know, even in this, like, he's a guy who is, like, self-effacing and anx- a little anxious and, you know, doesn't stick up for himself. But otherwise, he is what you would call normal. You know, he doesn't have... Really, I, I can, I'm trying to think of like even eccentricities that he has. He's just a perfectly normal kind of guy. In this one, yeah. I mean, other than the like whole trauma surrounding, yeah, getting his pants pulled down and so not kissing in public. It, it opens with a flashback, um, in which he is trying to kiss his. I guess it's just a girl that he likes, or she likes him. Um, this is in the '70s. He's like 12 years old or something. Uh, and he's going to kiss her, but then a bully pulls his pants down. So after that, he can no longer... Uh, not only can he not um, 
like display public affection. It seems like that sort of stunts his ability to display any kind of affection or to really come to terms with his own emotions, uh, which is manifested in his relationship with his girlfriend, uh, who is, oh, uh, yeah, the, the actress is what? Marissa uh, Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Uh, most recently, Aunt May in uh, the Spider-Man. The, oh, cool. The I remember her from Spider-Man The Wrestler. Series. She's the, oh. Yeah, she's the love interest in The Wrestler. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, Didn't it's a, that, actually, but... it's a cool because, um, have you seen The Wrestler? No, I gotta okay. see that though. Um, yeah, I won't say anything about it, but yeah, it's cool. Nice. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, that that's the thing that it, I remember. Uh, one of my notes was, "Why is this your defining moment? Like, why is this going to be the defining moment for the character? Like, getting your pants pulled down, and it mm-hmm. seemed to just fit so well within the Adam Sandler. I I don't even like imaginary that like that would be the the memory that someone in an Adam Sandler movie would fall back on would be some like very minor incident in mm-hmm. adolescence. You know what I'm saying? Where like, yeah, absolutely. That didn't actually change anything and wasn't monumental, but was just like <laughs> a point of embarrassment that someone lives with forever because these movies are consistently stunted or like involve yeah. characters who are stunted in some way. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it made more sense as the movie progressed to why that was in there. But I did make that note at the, after that first scene, like why is yeah. this the key moment? Right, like it does. help us understand everything that comes after it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely it does play up. It does come into play more as the movie goes on. But yeah, I also felt at the beginning I was like, they literally just put that scene in because they wanted uh, to like do a little seventies thing and ha- use that uh, Dukes of Hazard T shirt. Yes, that was it. <laughs> and then she's the girl's wearing a Chips T shirt. Yeah. And so I was just like, that's the only reason they put that in is because they're like. <laughs> Adam hey, we watch like, these have, TV shows growing I, up. I always start with a vision. And, and you know, I had a vision and it was a, a Dukes of Hazard t-shirt. Yeah. Adam, that's not a vision. That's just a t-shirt. <laughs> no, they Make do. My I have, movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I wrote the I wrote down a comment uh right after that first scene. I was like, these people uh who are making the movies, they love their childhoods. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it goes back again and again to, like, somehow the thing that formed them is uh, the their childhoods, which I guess is true of just anybody, but they really take any opportunity to put in the 80s song or the sitcom that they watched growing yeah. up or, uh, you know, we'll get to Pixels eventually, which I haven't seen, but I understand that it's all about... 80s arcade games and okay a former 80s arcade wizard who has to utilize those Ooh. arcade skills again <laughs> like yeah sounds... hard to, you can't even imagine it's from the same creative team <laughs> it's such a far it's such a stretch like wow the 80s he has to do something from the 80s <laughs> he's just when, a normal you mean, guy you mean when times were simpler <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, so it's an interesting movie. I mean, I think one thing that my, um, what did you call it? I call it a synopsis. One thing my my, my synop uh, didn't really do justice to was the strange way that the plot unfolds. 
in this movie because mm-hmm. the plot in a lot of other Adam Sandler movies involves um, a character who's called upon to do something like I need you to go do X, Y, and Z and you don't think you're fit for it, but you're going to do it anyway. And over the course of it, you're going to realize that you are capable of like, you know, graduating high school or winning this mm-hmm. golf tournament or whatever. Um, and this one instead is the, the motivation for the plot is all coming from outside and, uh, Dave being forced to do things. So there's an incident on the plane that escalates into a stewardess being hurt, although it really isn't his fault, but he gets a month of anger, man, has to go to a month of anger management training meets buddy. Um, Things escalate at a bar later on, and he accidentally punches a waitress, mm. and then he goes back to court. He has to go do a live-in kind of thing with Buddy. Um, mm. It kind of just goes on and on, but it's always in this like weirdly Kafka-esque way, yeah. um, a compounding of like bureaucratic um, imperatives. Like, you have to do this now. You have to do this uh. now. You have to do this now. Um, and so there's never really that... I mean, eventually there is, but for a long time, there's rarely a sense of any kind of agency for Dave or like he's actually making choices of his own. Absolutely. He's just yeah. following along with whatever someone said. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I thought that, so I was, as I was thinking about this movie or as I was watching it, I felt like it captured, I think there's, this is a whole style of comedy, uh, but it's just this idea that, you're kind of this passive uh, person going through the world and yeah. that you can't really affect too much around you, but the world is just bizarre and it's constantly kind of assaulting you. Yeah. With just mostly inconveniences, but just whatever. Like you're just trying to be a normal guy and the world is just strange and everyone is just being weird to you and just you're, you're anxious, you're super anxious, but yeah. you're also just kind of stewing and you're just getting angrier and angrier. And yeah. that's like, that's a real form of comedy. And I think it's kind of, it's a kind of reactionary form of comedy. Um, it reminds me of, I don't know, just this whole idea like, ah, the world is changing and it's getting so stupid. Like, yes. Now yeah. we have to fucking, uh, I don't know, what a, whatever it would be, but just like getting really mad at some like minor grievance. Yeah, like I can imagine a scene where it would be like some new computer system that's going to set you up for your flight. And the guy is trying to (laughs) do it and it's saying like, no, you know, uh, we do not recognize this number. And then somebody comes over and is like, "Uh, are you supposed to be uh, on this flight? You know, and then it, Uh you know, escalates until he's arrested and, you know, they think he's a terrorist or something. Right, Um, absolutely. Like that would be the... It's like you have no control. Yes. The world just got stupid and you're just trying to navigate it, but (laughs) you can't. I'm just trying to be a regular guy. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing, I mean, we'll just... I was normal. <laughs> Say as you fall into some kind of pit, the pit they made for people yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who don't like the new computers. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting <clears throat> because over the long haul, um, and this is a spoiler, but at, by the, so skip ahead 30 seconds okay. or so if you want yeah. to, but, um, you know, by the end, at the very end, we realize. So there's an interesting thing where mm-hmm. Buddy seems to be trying to hook up with Linda. He convinces mm-hmm. Dave to break up with Linda. Dave has been really suspicious of Buddy all along. Like, what are you getting out of this? Um, and then it comes 
to appear like Buddy is really just trying to hook up with Linda and get Dave out of the mm-hmm. picture now. Um, but long story short, Buddy isn't really doing that. He's actually been hired by Linda to help um, Dave kind of overcome his mm-hmm. issues. And so this whole film, everything from that moment on the flight when with the stewardess all the way up to the, the you know the Yankees game that they go to at the end is really um, buddy's doing but at Linda's behest uh, to help mm-hmm. her her boyfriend yeah. get out of his funk and finally propose to her um, which I say to say I, I have multiple thoughts about that but when you brought up um, kind of the like idea that this is reactionary. I find it really interesting that like mm-hmm. one way of thinking about this kind of fiction is that it's a man versus society kind of story where it's like, man, society is just stupid and it will not make yeah. sense. And we're so obsessed in society with like anger management and, and, mm-hmm. and fixing whatever problem is with somebody that like, if I'm angry, I'm angry. Like, you know, that mm-hmm. we would get to this point. That's one way of seeing it, but it really is, instead that this is all just part of a weird elaborate love story yeah like she, right. and and it's all founded the the source of all the problems are actually founded in Linda and her trying to help ultimately trying to help mm-hmm. Dave um, who has a problem and needs needs to be fixed mm-hmm. but I found that to be kind of an interesting thing like oh usually this kind of story is more of about society this one isn't about society at all it's just no. a love story. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it kind of takes those um, those moves of that other kind of story. Uh, but that's very much like, that's kind of the Adam Sandler way, is to... Uh, Take a end, genre and out, just totally reinvent it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that. No, just to, um, at the end, it's like, oh, like, we're just, uh, yeah, we're kind of just in full talking about the end and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, the whole, it's, at the end, like, you think the therapy is, like, it's making fun of the therapy the whole time, basically, and kind of making fun of the idea of therapy, and there's, it includes the whole, like, idea, like, you know, does a normal guy really need therapy? Yeah. And it, like, something, you know, basically kind of reactionary ideas, and then, but at the end, it's like, yeah, he, it worked out for him yeah he, <laughs> it's he like did. oh he, he was really angry yeah he did need a lot of <laughs> yeah some was... really intensive and totally like miss not misdirected but yeah you know directed to cross purpose seemingly cross purposes the uh-huh. whole time but he needed uh-huh. that yeah yeah and so that to me like that's kind of it with these movies like another example there's the uh woody harrelson playing a trans street person um, trans or cross-dressing. I mean, the movie doesn't make a distinction, though. Yeah. Uh, that is a distinction that people do make. Um, but anyway, uh, what do you, so, you know, they throw on some trans-phobia, uh, some transphobic humor, but then they do kind of try to bring it back and be like, but this is like a, like that character, that Woody Harrelson character shows up again and kind of helps. Yeah. And saying they're on his journey. So, again, and the movie's like we want to get our we want to get that those shots in for humor i guess but then we don't want people to be like oh you're a you're a homophobe yeah i'm saying their movie so yeah. they're like no no it's cool we look at the end we made it we made it better look they they turned out to be all right he's all right end. yeah even though yeah. at the scene so in the scene with woody harrelson mm-hmm. he plays galaxia 
yeah. who is a German, tra- yeah, a trans German uh, prostitute or yeah. transvestite or cross-dressing. Um, and um, he, Buddy pulls up, Galaxy gets in the back seat with Dave and, you know, Dave's like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. And eventually gets to a point where like Galaxy is slapping him because she, she thinks he likes it and he gets her out mm-hmm. of the car and, and Jack Nicholson's character says, see, now you've learned the difference um, yeah. between, what did he call it? Uh, I don't know. I have it one of here. them was like righteous anger and one of them was, I don't know. <laughs> I had it written down. Unhealthy, unhealthy and righteous anger. The difference okay. between unhealthy and righteous anger, which was yeah. a very strange thing. Yeah, uh, I didn't just, like that. What? That's <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, um, the way they... I mean, I knew it was going to... Like, it was already... You know, it's going to be transphobic. It's going to be, like... And also kind of... And homophobic and, like, playing to gay panic and all this yeah. stuff. This ugly stuff. But uh, that one, even at the end, that, I felt like pushed it over into, like, that's pretty ugly. I mean, yeah, it's ugly that's already. Like, but, that's not like... But, that's not like what do you mean righteous? Reddit ugly yeah, yeah it's like what do you mean righteous anger what do you it is yeah like religious <laughs> like yeah, the righteous but, righteous anger is like jesus in the temple uh, like kicking out the money lenders right uh, yeah like there's that's a weird thing to compare it to yeah i thought so too um yeah i i thought so too <laughs> see the see i told you these movies are kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. told you. Cool, cool journey. So um, um, we've got a little uh, dun 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 dun. Cool oh, for yeah. what? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Alan Covert's in this one. He's um, doing a, doing a role. I think he's he's done versions of in the past, um, but this one is the uh, the best friend from college who. Um, still hangs around with Linda, Dave's girlfriend, and mm-hmm. um, would probably just take any chance he can get. It seems like he'd take any chance he can get to swoop in yeah. um, and date her instead. Uh-huh. He also does happen to have an enormous penis, as the synopsis. As they listed. say, yes. Yeah. Um, so he does have that, which is, I guess, like a joke in the movie. Maybe we haven't really talked about if the movie's funny or not yet, but um, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. And uh, and yeah, so he's he's kind of present throughout the movie. I don't know that he anything he did really stood out to me other than having no a big wiener. Um, he no, let's yeah, just kind of there. Um, at the end, uh, Adam Sandler's character punches him in the face. Um, he yeah. kind of just represents everything like the confident dude that Adam Sandler's character yeah. could be, but like, uh-huh. of course he can't just be like a confident, nice guy. He's a confident sleazeball. Um, yeah. So Adam right. Sandler care, Adam Sandler's character one, one ups him by punching him out and then, you know, becoming the confident non sleazeball guy that he can be. Right. So, yeah. And that yeah. has been covert watch. Oh, <laughs> no, well, more. We found him. no more about, <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, he's just another thing that Adam Sandler or Dave, uh, Dave, Dave, Dave is beset is kind of beset by in the world, and then the whole big dick thing. I don't know. Again, it plays into just all this like 
this kind of masculine insecurity that kind of runs through the movie. Yeah. And the fear of like being cuckolded, I guess. And like, oh, which then is actually uh, the role that you kind of think that Andrew's going to play actually ends up being played by Buddy. Yeah. For a little while. He ends up being the threat, except that, uh, spoiler, then at the end, um, and if you're actually concerned with spoilers, you should have just turned it off at the uh, the first time that he said that. But anyway, if you're concerned um, with spoilers and you haven't yeah. seen this movie and you're listening yeah. to this podcast to decide whether you should watch this movie or not, yeah, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I I I want to meet you. <laughs> yeah, because that's cool. Yeah, but um. And he was like, oh, I better skip ahead another 30 seconds. <laughs> Whoa, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that right, was close. Gonna, so yeah. About, yeah, so about this Andrew character, he sounds yeah. <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Nothing funnier than a big private. Um, yeah, so I don't want to interrupt you, but maybe we can transition and think oh, about sure. what's... Is this, did you laugh? I did. Yeah? I did, actually, yeah. All right. I was going to make the, uh, I think this was, um, I think that this was the funniest Adam Sandler movie since, uh, the, at least the classic period. Wow. So make of that what you will, but, <laughs> but I thought, yeah, just in terms of humor. And I think that there are a lot of the, uh, the usual things that we, uh, I don't know, critique or we discuss in Adam Sandler movies, but I, as far as the humor, I thought that, uh, I think that it's just that Jack Nicholson is so, uh, compelling to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just steals the, he steals the entire movie. He even really though does. Yeah. His character is, you know, it can be kind of inconsistent or the movie itself maybe is inconsistent, but, uh, his character, he's just so good at selling it. Even if what he's doing isn't, I don't know. <laughs> Even if what he's doing is anger management. He Even just, if what uh, he's he selling is a pile it. of shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, he just sells it so good. And he is such a strange... He's like... Uh, his delivery is so strange and charismatic. And just every line reading... I don't know. I think that that was what, what did it for me. Yeah. But I, I think that's... The scene where he starts singing... Uh, the scene where they like stop in traffic and he's like, he makes Adam Sandler sing the I feel pretty from West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was, I thought that was legitimately just a really well done uh, comedy scene. And I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and it didn't, it never took it, it, it never fucked it up. Like they sometimes do in a lot of comedies, not just Adam Sandler movies, just comedies in general where they try to oversell it or they're like, they didn't need to have somebody also like fart at the end or, or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. They just no, were yeah. like, here's the premise. We're going to like keep going, but we're, we're just going to leave the premise as it is. And as the, yeah, as these characters are singing and uh-huh. like Dave's, Dave is right. actually starting to get into the song a little bit. You will still periodically have people driving by and yelling like <clears throat> fucking kill yourselves or yeah. you know, whatever they're yelling. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do remember that being a, a funny moment for sure. I was, yeah, I was going to ask him. I and mean, I think that's one 
example, but I was thinking of not even just other examples that were funny for you, um, mm-hmm. but what you feel like was different, which you've said to some extent, but do you want to elaborate on that at all? Like what's, what's different about this? The main thing being Jack Nicholson and the fact that he mm-hmm. can just, he's captivating just him in a room talking would be captivating. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But like John uh, Turturro's character um, yeah. is great in it as well. And he's, right. he's just this guy who can't get his anger straight and, you know, picks fights he is great. Yeah, with people yeah. who glance at him and, um, you know, at the at first meeting Dave, there's a moment where they're all sitting around in a circle telling their stories and uh-huh. he's talking about how people make fun of him or, you know, John Turturro's talking and somebody makes fun of him for dating his aunt, I think. And uh-huh. he, uh, you know, the whole room kind of is snickering about that and he doesn't really mind. He's smiling and then he sees Dave's, Dave snickering and he says, something funny, Dave, you know, and just for no reason, uh-huh. but just to pick on this guy yeah. turns on him. So... I mean, uh-huh. he's, yeah, so just another charismatic person. I think Marissa Tomei is a really good actress, and yeah. that's another person where it's like, part of the reason I think this movie's good is because Adam Sandler just has all of these interesting and different actors to yeah. play, to, to do a scene with, um, yeah. which is just a great opportunity to be like, oh, now we're going to do a scene with Jack, you know, now we're going to do a scene with John, now we're going to do a scene with Marissa and um, switch it mm-hmm. up, but every time it's going to be, you opposite someone who's got some really good acting chops. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they do. Yeah, that's what's interesting. And that is a thing in these movies sometimes, like, is that they get uh, legitimately great actors. Yeah. In them. Um, you know, Steve Buscemi wasn't in this one, but he's in so many of them. He's yeah. great. He's amazing, yeah. Yeah. He's a great actor, but yeah. Any other thoughts about why it's so funny or, you know, can you prove, why it's, you know, what's that successful it's, that about it's funny? It? Yeah. <laughs> can I prove that it's funny? Pro- prove it's funny. Okay. You say it's funny. Prove it's funny. <laughs> uh, no, I, I cannot. Uh, <laughs> that's all subjective, I'm afraid. But uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I guess if I, I could sit down and diagram my, uh, my idea of what makes a successful comedy scene but that seems like it's not I'm not i'm not going to not until we get more subscribers on our patreon right right once we hit one we might think about doing <laughs> something like that absolutely yeah. um that'd be fun that'd be a fun little extra just all these weird diagrams yeah like well, as you, plus i can prove beyond reference. a shadow of a doubt that uh yeah. none of these films are funny yeah <laughs> No, this was um, funny. Um, I another uh, another person who's in this one is uh, Kevin Nealon, and yeah. um, there's a moment. It's a really great moment where he's he's Dave's really awful um, yeah uh, lawyer, and there's mm-hmm. a I, I can't remember exactly what it was now because I didn't write enough in my notes. I just wrote quote it's bad dot dot dot. Um, and I, I just remember a lot of times like Kevin Nealon having this very hopeful way that like, this isn't going to be a problem. Uh, we, you uh, are going to be yeah. just fine. And then a moment uh-huh. later, the judge, you know, brings out a sentence that's just absurd and, you know, he has nothing to say and just kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, I was wrong about that one too. Back to the drawing board. Um, so yeah, a lot of cameos in this one. Yeah. Like crazy, 
amount of cameos it felt oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, John McEnroe, the tennis mm-hmm. player. Um, yeah. Obviously some football players. The, yeah, as this, always. This isn't a cameo, but... Um, oh, I'm going to mix her name up now, but the wife from Mad Men... Um, yeah, January Jones. Yes, January Jones. Yeah, she, she was. She's great too. Yeah, I was really surprised to see her in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about if she's her role uh, in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, I. Uh, yeah, I was just like, man, she's a great actress. But yeah, actually thinking about her role in the movie, yeah. I mean, she does it fine. <laughs> she plays. Uh, so just to yeah, yeah, good. Okay, just to uh, give the context. Um, she is a le- uh, she's a porn star who is in a lesbian relationship with another porn star, um, but it's kind of an open relationship. And I mean, I don't know. I that's like, you know why that's in the movie, and so like I don't know God, actually, yeah. or why is it in the movie? <laughs> I mean, I think we know like, bec- from the scene. So when they're sitting in that round circle, yeah, and they start making out. Yeah. For some reason, they start but, making out, and Jack Nicholson's character is I, like, oh, stop, stop doing that, girls. Yeah. You need to be better. And John Turturro's character is like, no, let him keep going. And is yeah, getting it's like, like a, really grossly into it. And I think that's exactly a, why. That's like. It's definitely a con, like, I don't know, a cartoon male fantasy image of what, like, a, a uh, lesbian porn star would be. But, um,. What I couldn't tell is, is it in the movie to titillate or to be like, just laugh because the viewers are afraid of sex and so they they have to laugh when confronted with any kind of alternate sexuality or even a very like heteronormative sexuality of like a porn star. (laughs) They, They have to laugh at it because it's, anyway, I don't know. Like I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be actually just like oh here's some like something that's supposed to be titillating in this movie or if it's just like i I think it's i think it's actually the latter i think you're just supposed to be like yeah i mean i i I wonder though if you can also just kind of have your cake and eat it too like we'll have these goofy characters but they're also they're also super hot you know like um they do crazy things but look at their outfits wow you know and Uh but yeah that scene with with uh with them making out was just so odd but it was odd because of the character in it who was just clearly getting off on it right um yeah that was that was a strange moment uh john c Riley's in this that was a pleasant cameo surprise i've seen this movie um probably 13 or 14 times. No, I saw this movie once when I was a teenager, uh, but I didn't really yeah. remember anything about it. And as, as I was going, yeah. as it was going, I was making notes like, is Jack Nicholson's character psychotic? Is he, mm-hmm. you know, how is, what's really going on here? Um, mm-hmm. Because the film definitely wants you to yeah, be yeah. asking this question. So I didn't really remember anything from it. And I didn't know that John C. Raleigh was going to be in it. And that was a, a pleasant surprise. He, he yeah. plays the, the bully who pulled down, Dave's pants as a kid. Yeah. He is, uh, you know, all grown up and now a monk, um, mm-hmm. just living a, a life of kind of quiet solitude in the monastery when Dave is tasked by Buddy to go and confront this, like, this psychic wound mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> try to address it. Yeah, there's an example. So 
there's a scene where I felt like, uh, so we were talking about why I liked the, um, the scene where they're in the car singing, why yeah. I thought that was a really well done comedic scene. Here's a, here's an example of a scene where I felt like, uh, that wasn't as well done because it had too many elements at play. Mm. Uh, and so like, here's why, here's a, here's one way that I think that movies, um, screw up their, their comedy moments or their comedy set pieces. Uh, so at the very beginning, like as Dave goes to confront his bully, which he's being forced into doing. So like that, that right there, that's a funny, awkward, like position for him to be in. Uh, Jack Nicholson grabs a gun out of the trunk of his car. And at this point, you're sort of like, I don't know what's going on with this guy. Is he psychotic? Is he just brilliant? But anyway, um, uh, anyway, he grabs a gun. And so they're confronting. They get into some like fist fight. Uh, and then it, Jack Nicholson. But the whole time you're like, what's he going to do with that gun? What's he going to do with that gun? Uh, and so then the other monks are at one point going to be like, all right, we're going to intervene. Yeah. Jack Nicholson pulls the gun out. Um, and you're like, oh shit, here, the gun's coming, paying off. Here's yeah, the like gun's going to pay and off. And now we finally uh-huh. see who this guy really is. Like, this and, is... He, and it's a, uh, it's a water pistol, which he shoots immediately. Uh, and to me, it's like, okay, that, that added this extra element that was distracting, wondering why is the gun in this scene? We know it's going to do something. Uh, that then doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. They immediately reveal it to be a fake gun. And, uh, like, they didn't even really draw it out by having him, like, wave it around or be like, all right, everybody get on the fucking ground or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like, I guess they wouldn't really drop the F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. But, you know. The um, freaking ground. <laughs> get on the ground. Darn it. The damn um, ground. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. You know, you, you, they could have done something with the gun. They don't. They don't do anything because it's like they uh, are like, like, why is that in there? They didn't yeah. do anything with it. Yeah. And I mean, just, I don't know. So, it frustrates. Uh, well, that well, just kind of. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm wondering, maybe. is part of the problem there that you, like, is part of the problem with that that they have, oh, shit, I'm not going to be able to say this exactly how I want to, but. Is part of the problem with this gun thing that you have a situation where this has nothing to do with the actual story of the movie because it so quickly switches for Dave that he doesn't have to worry about Mm -hmm. it. You know, he has like a brief Mm -hmm. moment, but what it's really doing is manipulating the viewer. Like it's a very obvious moment where our, like the creative team behind it is saying like, Ooh, put this scene in where he grabs the gun up because that will be a great kind of thing for the viewer to wonder about during this scene where like the scene could have carried itself anyway. And we would have been just fine not knowing there was a gun until he whipped it out. But Mm -hmm. you have deliberately shown me something that Dave can't see, which is rare in this film. Um, Yeah. And by showing me that thing, you have made me jump to certain conclusions that end up Uh coming to not. Yeah. Is that part of it? Maybe. Uh, I don't love being manipulated too much as a viewer, which, um, 
the whole movie in a way. All right, here, back to spoilers. Skip ahead uh, about five seconds. No, <laughs> just just stop listening. Just go to the end, man. Yeah, just watch um, the movie, man. <laughs> just watch the movie. Pause it, watch the movie. Freaking calm um, down, okay? You don't have to listen yeah. to a podcast to figure out whether you want to watch a movie. Just uh, this, These are long. Just watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I you know, the whole movie to a certain extent is manipulating you because it, along with uh, Dave, which I annoys me in movies where I'm more emotionally invested, actually, where yeah. they're like, just kidding, what you thought was real, it was all this elaborate prank or something. Yep. There are a few movies that do that. I don't want to say what they are because I don't want to spoil them, but there's a few movies that do that. I always find it kind of irritating. Um, this one I didn't care too much, but, uh, but as for that scene specifically, um, it just feels a little bit sloppy, I think. It's sort of like... They have, it's the writers beginning to write a scene, and then uh, it seems like they, they they are like, okay, we're done, without yeah. yep. actually being like, no, finish it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you didn't finish the scene. It's sort of like when people uh, complain about something like Family Guy. It's like they didn't actually write the joke. They just... Uh, put a reference to something in there it's yeah like, it's a reference or it's like an occasion like, well, for the actual a joke, joke to happen but there's yeah. no right like, the mechanics are missing uh-huh. there. i mean and I, I can't remember exactly how the um the singing scene works with, uh-huh. when they stop in traffic but i was kind of yeah. thinking about that in the same way not that it doesn't work i think it's a successful example of this mm-hmm. but i think they kind of mm-hmm. they bail on the joke by kind of just making it keep going so it's, it's just true. it's they like a funny a little thing, bit. but there's yeah. no real like there's no landing of a punchline. That's which true. I think yeah. you're you're right that like the cheap way to do that would be to like have Jack Nicholson fart or something, and then it's like, haha, okay, yeah. well, that joke is over. But this one, I think they just kind of move on into the future, and then you realize that like he probably sat in traffic for quite a while having to sing. Um, but yeah, that also could just be partly that it's really hard to make a joke. Like I don't know if I've ever made a really good joke no probably not well well i have one let me tell it to you real quick (laughs) so um there's a mama dolphin um and she has two uh other dolphin babies and they're swimming around and um the the young the the older dolphin baby um hits the other dolphin with his fin and um uh, the mama says, Hey, you don't do that. You have to go to timeout. And the older one says, but I, it was an accident. And she says, no, you did that on purpose. All right. So see, like I, look, we're going to, but wait, I'm not done. I'm not it. done. Oh, okay. <laughs> pretty good, right? There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. No, that's pretty good. That was pretty good. Okay. Well, yeah, that's good. You're right. You did do a good joke. It used to be manatees, and then I found out manatees aren't actually... Uh, a manatee isn't a porpoise, so... Oh. I had to switch it to dolphins. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- jokes, that a little I mean, extra... It's important to revise jokes anyway for different audiences, so... Did you write... You wrote that joke? That is my joke, yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Thanks. Yeah. I don't... That's the only one I have, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I can it's do it. I can do a tight minute. It's hard to write one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's hard. It's hard stuff. Um, oh, all uh, right. Uh, the other, I and I, I, I can't 
let this um, let yeah. this one slide by. The other cameo, maybe the best one, uh, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani uh-huh. is, yeah, in, yeah. is at the All Yankees right. game. And it turns out, not a bad guy. Actually, pretty cool. People, all right, so this is, I was waiting for you to bring him up because yeah. this is my segue into, this is a very post 9-11 yeah. movie um, in these different ways. And uh, that's probably the most obvious example because people loved him mm-hmm. at that moment in time. He capitalized on that national tragedy more than maybe mm-hmm. any single figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, people just loved him, and like he was having a great time. It seems like being in things. I think he was on SNL a few times too. He's got maybe a, recently. I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah. I. I mean, he just has such a strange history. I yeah. haven't looked it up in a while, but I know that he was mm-hmm. like a lead prosecutor against the mob back in yeah. the eighties and nineties. <clears throat> yeah. And, then you know with with 911 and everything that happened was a leader in all of that but also you know is now blamed for a lot of the things that happened because there wasn't like systematic um mm-hmm. like health coverage or even just like preventative health measures yeah. uh, in the wake of 911 and then um more recently uh, you know I just think um and I don't, I don't know that he's, you know, handling the whole Trump thing as well as he could have. Uh-huh. Yeah. But how do you feel like he delivered his lines? Pretty good. Yes. Great actor. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see him in more films. Yeah. Rudy, if you're listening. Yeah, today. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's, let's get you back in, in the studio. Quit, uh-huh. you know, quit with the whole Trump thing. We, I know you're good uh-huh. deep down because you were at a Yankees game and you helped Dave and you threw the ball real good probably. But, um yeah, just let's bring it back to film. Bring it back to your yeah. your first love. Clearly, your first love. You can tell. You can tell when he's when that camera's on him. Man, you can tell that guy. Yeah, it sparkles. He loves it. Yeah, uh, just but, a glow. There's you know, a glow. It really is like a movie. I think it's a movie that could have been made before nine eleven, but it's it, yeah. it is so self conscious of it of where mm-hmm. it is. Um, yeah. because the whole thing at the, at the beginning with the plane mm-hmm. is really based on, um, mm-hmm. like things start escalating when a, um, when a police officer, um, who's on the plane kind of tells yeah. him that he needs to go and sit down beside him instead. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, the fact that like everyone knows it's mayor Rudolph Giuliani, yeah. you know, I, that, that kind of moment could not happen in a, in a movie now. No. There's um Yeah. Man, the like the tragedy of nine eleven and the nostalgia and kind of the immediate nostalgia and patriotism that it spurred mm-hmm. does fit right into the kind of Adam Sandler aesthetic though of just like having it, it nostalgia really for your past and the places that mm-hmm. you come from and family yeah. and like all of these incredibly conservative value conservative yeah. values i mean i i think that's fair to say that like um you know conservative personal values um yeah that's kind of fascinating to think about yeah um so maybe the most uh the two examples that i noticed um that you mentioned on the plane, uh, they keep saying, like when they're asking him to move, they keep saying, our country's going through a really hard time right now. Yeah. Um, so they're calling direct attention to it. But uh, 
then, so he lives in an apartment building. There's a advertisement or a billboard, very large, just right outside his apartment building. There's a few uh, transition shots where they like show the apartment building, the outside of it before they're like, okay, now we know we're in the apartment building. Right outside of the apartment building is a huge join the army uh, billboard. Um, and it's just, it's huge. You can read every word on it. It has the, like the military guy, like looking very stoic yeah. at it. And it shows that a couple times. Um, and so we're used to either product placement or just a true love of product Man, to the point that they'll place so products right. in their own I was movies, not but... thinking of it as product placement. I was just, yeah. but, but I can remember watching it and thinking, why is this still showing this to me? And wondering, mm-hmm. is this army guy a character in the film that I just haven't realized? Like, is there oh, some uh-huh. reason? For, and there's no. It is there's, just, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a. There's, it's because our country's going through a really hard time right that's now. That's right. And we need, and they need, they need the help. Need they those need soldiers. Wow. I would love to know the story behind that. That's yeah. That's fascinating. Gotta get, gotta get, gotta bring the DVDs on back again. Yeah, yeah. Like, and we people know... thought that the army paid us, but uh, actually, we no, just we love just the fucking military. love the army. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's exactly it. Is, you know, we. It would be easy with other, you know, production studios to be like, oh yeah, the army clearly paid them. But yeah. Who the fuck knows what happened? They Madison? might have. Just, yeah, they might you have know? just like, put it in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're like, man, we're about to. The WMDs over there. We got to. Uh, God. We need to. We need to give a good, positive message in our movie because this is more important even than comedy. Uh, we need. We need to support our boys in the military. <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm. I'm looking up uh, the anger management release date. So anger management was released on April 11th, 2003. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the Iraq invasion <clears throat> began on March nineteenth, two thousand three. Okay. Um, yeah. So. So when they were making it, it hadn't actually started, but, but there was all that furor over like right after nine eleven, like oh. Oh yeah, they the, knew it go was join gonna, the army. I mean, we're gonna need to go get over there. Yeah. When did Colin Powell, um, you know, mm-hmm. show the pictures that showed, you know? Yeah. So, in hindsight. That is so. Uh, that is so strange too. Like, think about. I'm trying to think what, the like equivalent would be. Like, imagine watching a movie that takes place in the early '60s, and instead of like every single movie about, where they reference Vietnam, it seems like they're it's against it, the Vietnam War. So yeah. imagine just watching a movie like, just before that stuff really takes off, and they're sort of like. Well, I'm going to serve up, or I'm going to, like, at the end of the movie, the character would say something like, I'm going to go join the army because we got to get over to Vietnam or something. Yeah. And then in hindsight, just being like, no, like, (laughs) what are you fucking doing? Yeah. 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 And so it feels like that because it was, uh, I don't know. Now looking back, we're just like, what a fucking horror show. But, uh. Yeah, I don't and, know. And, and yeah, this it's, is it's so I mean, strange to see it in a movie. <laughs> there, and there's a way. I mean, yeah, I don't want to get like too big on it or too yeah, distracted, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I do think there's a really interesting way that like the these kind of movies are complicit in these kind of things happening. In mm-hmm. that there's no level of scrutiny. It's not just that it's right. like oh, I don't 
I, I disagree and I support the military, but there's no actual mm-hmm. scrutinizing of what's going on at all. And I don't mean that the movie needs to be scrutinizing. I mean that the people making the movie need to have a, an ability to scrutinize enough to be like, well, we don't really know what's going on. Maybe we shouldn't mindlessly yeah. support, um, mm-hmm. you know, this this move. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird. Yep. Anyway, just an interesting note. Very much makes it of the time. As this kind of the... Uh, Uh, they, uh, the I don't know if it's the lighting or the, it's what kind of cameras they use, but it has a it also has a very distinct to me, um, like two thousand three look to it. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to kind of put my finger on. Well, they they use multiple cameras, which okay. I thought and and too jar like, jarringly so. I remember uh, some of the shots of them driving. They'll have like an yeah. outside outside the car like on the street camera and you watch them drive uh-huh. by and you can just tell like the, the camera work is not as good it was like oh shit we need a transition shot uh, from you guys going you know to dave's house to the to the uh to the office so we're gonna just have you come out real quick and we'll just film the shot we'll just do like one or two takes and it'll be done you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing um and then there was one moment uh it's when dave meets up with is Heather Graham's so Heather Graham's in this, and I'm trying to remember if her character's name is Polly or Holly. Something I like that. I definitely believe you. Yes, it is definitely Kendra, and so <laughs> after he like goes on a date with Kendra, and he comes back, and there's like a confrontation because um, Buddy Rydell made him have to go hang out with Kendra. Um, the camera, it's like a very heated argument and they're like back and forth in each other's face. And the camera does a lot of, it does some like really close shots of their faces uh-huh. and is moving with them. And I don't uh-huh. know what these terms are, but at that moment, I was like, Oh God, this looks really good. <laughs> I don't know who's yeah. doing this particular scene, but yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys actually tried to make a, a film here <laughs> yeah you didn't just like set up a camera to watch people talk this is right stuff. yeah i i i thought the movie would be you know more progressive than it was i guess but you know, what do you I, mean i don't know just i th- i don't know just jack nicholson adam sandler i thought it'd be yeah. a really a good chance for both of them to no something's missing in this movie for me yeah yeah Hmm. it could have been just like that moment especially and talking about jack nicholson as a character there's so much more this movie could have i mean this is true for any adam sandler movie but Uh i guess with this one it being one that he it's not just adam sandler it's like this may be, is this the first um, kind of buddy movie that we've had since Bulletproof? Oh, where, yeah. Where he's sharing the, you know, really st- sharing the stage with somebody so. else. Um, yeah, it's the first that comes to mind. Yeah. I was kind of making a joke with the progressive thing that didn't actually land, so I just ran with it. And now I've come <laughs> hard, to a, right? it's a hard. realization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have just went with the fart noise again, but no, I've come. Yeah. So I, I think it's weird because it's like this movie could have been incredible 
had Adam Sandler not been playing into a very specific type. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been really interesting to see Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. and Adam Sandler let loose together on screen and to That's see what true. could happen. And we didn't get to yeah. see that. That's true actually. If they had just gone really wild. Yeah, cuz he but he he's wanting to play the straight man anyway and Jack yeah. Nicholson is clearly going to be his I don't remember, I never remember what the other term for they that is. They both like But yeah. Picture the scene where in Punch Drunk Love where Philip Seymour Hoffman and Am Sandler are yes. screaming at each other on the phone. Yes. And it's just this beautiful moment where it's like, this is totally unhinged. And both these characters are operating at, at, at like 11. Yes. Right now. And it's, it's great. Yeah. They're both. And it could have been that considering, uh, Jack Nicholson, like both can just do anger and like rage. Uh, very well yeah they can. <laughs> but so they both can really do that and just imagine them both uh what if they are both just angry i mean they kind of are in the movie but yeah i mean i would have anger. to be a character more along the lines of like a happy gilmore than billy madison like he couldn't be just angry and crazy all the time i don't know yeah how anything could happen in the movie but yeah yeah, yeah. just that just kind of occurred to me that like what it, the movie that we could have had looks something mm-hmm. like this or yeah. you know might look something like and this and the but... uh the poster art or the cover art just shows them both like looking at each other like almost snarling head to <laughs> like, head yeah they're head, yeah, to head, head to head like foreheads are touching and they're just yeah. screaming yeah um, and you're right don't... it doesn't we don't it doesn't live up to that no but that's okay maybe you know maybe anger management too will Ooh, you know they did an anger management tv series TV with charlie show. did you know yeah, that it I had lo- two seasons i not only knew that as of last night when i watched the movie and then read the wikipedia page (laughs) but also the uh tv series had the highest rated cable premiere wow i think yeah so i guess it was a big deal and it uh completely like missed me (laughs) yeah it missed me too Uh, so i thought it was interesting that the first season had 10 episodes and the second season had 90 episodes what yeah so what happened was they were going to cancel the show but i guess some they figured out some compromise where they would cancel it after its 100th episode but then they just did 90 episodes for the second season and so the second season goes like weekly or bi-weekly with a few breaks here and there for an entire year wow yeah which is really neither here nor there but man charlie sheen sure is a weirdo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now was this show before or after he had his moment i think it was after because it was after okay. like the two and a half men stuff okay yeah i'm pretty sure it was yeah. after um my god yeah yeah well so okay um anything else you want to say about anger management i think i pretty much got what i got the main stuff i will say just kind of as a disclaimer you know Men, you know, women, whoever you are out there, if you're thinking about dating a woman, just realize, you know, as Linda has proven that women are control freaks and they will control your life and make you into a much better man. So just be warned. Oh, man. They're going to change you for the better and you don't want that. God, that's true. It's true. I mean, that is, (laughs) she orchestrated all of that. 
Yeah. Um, no, that is, it's true. That is such a uh, common uh, depiction in TV. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh. Oh. You think it's a trope? No. I was just. I was just <laughs> giving a disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That does happen a lot. It does. Yeah. It. It actually. I mean. It felt like the timing is odd in a way because it mm-hmm. feels like almost he's in a sort of matrix or Truman show, you know, yeah. like the whole thing is a ruse. Yeah. yeah um, that's true. And it, I mean, it's to a lesser extent, but it is, it'd be really interesting to read it as one of those kind of stories. Oh, false reality. Yeah. Oh, another, uh, there's a reference to wiretaps. I was wondering if that, Oh yeah, uh, buddy wiretaps everything. Wiretaps yeah. them. I was wondering. I was like, to me, because I was keyed into it. I was like, oh, is that a nine eleven reference? Right. <laughs> Maybe not. Because <laughs> I don't think. I don't even think the uh, Happy Madison crew would be just overtly like, yeah, and the they're wiretapping people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, buddy Rydell, buddy Rydell yeah. backwards. That's yeah. Fallujah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I guess all that NSA stuff hadn't broken yet either. So no, no, that hadn't. But might just be a weird, uh, weird little anomaly in there. No, I don't know. I, you know, you think there's, maybe yeah. There's no telling with Adam Sandler. Um. Cool. Well, so what would you rate this? And would you recommend? What would I rate it? I don't know. I don't know how to rate these movies. <laughs> That's like, yeah. So my rating would be, I would say, I'd say five stars. That's oh, sweet. Out of, out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Good. That, I yeah. think it did 50% of good work. Yeah. See, yeah. that makes it sound like you're giving it an F, though, which makes... But I think what you're saying is, like, it's, like, half fine. I don't know. It's half fine, yeah. It's, like, yeah. Don't think of it... Yeah, I didn't give it an F. I gave it a 50%. But yeah. this is not based on a... You know, it's, the like... school grade system, yeah. yeah. Like, if somebody comes and mows their, your lawn and they give 50%, right. you're, it's, like, it's okay. not a fa- It's not a failing grade. It's half right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you, you can actually watch... Lawn, you can watch... Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and are you coming back? <laughs> this movie this movie did feel like it mowed half my lawn. I will say that. <laughs> oh, we have a new rating system. <laughs> How much of your lawn did this movie mow? <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, no, I'm I'm on board with that. Would you recommend it? Um okay, so I, I when I was thinking about it, I was thinking no. But I do realize that I wouldn't recommend any Adam Sandler movie ever to anybody. I just, I don't think I would. I think I would be like, well, no, there's probably a better, if you want that kind of movie, I've yeah. got one that'll mow even more of your lawn. Uh, oh, yeah. But I think if maybe a better way for me to think about it is if my friend was going on a trip uh-huh. and he could bring a movie uh-huh. from the Adam Sandler filmography. Oh. Would I tell? Would I be able to give him a good reason for bringing this one? Uh-huh. Um, and I think I could because 
you know, Jack Nicholson's in it. There are a lot of other cameos in it. It's mm-hmm. it's fun in that way. But I wouldn't recommend it over other ones. I wouldn't recommend it over some of the classic Sandler. Right. Now, but And I wouldn't recommend it over Punch Drunk Love. So those are probably always going to be the ones I compare these to. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would recommend it as kind of... I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I can recommend it. Ah, you're getting there. You almost I did. I almost did it, but I just thought, yeah. no, no, you really, I feel like you are going to mow this movie's lawn, but then you only did half of its lawn. I did. Yeah. I think I got a 50% in terms of lawn mowing. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is not which a failing grade. I, I'm, oh, okay. I'm happy with that. No, <laughs> no. Um, I specifically said I, it's not. In the context of well, if in the context of this podcast itself, I have already recommended uh, several Adam Sandler movies to people to watch. Yeah. Um, and so if we're basing off of that, uh, I guess... Is this in I real life or are was... you talking about in the podcast? Uh, it's not in real life. This is the okay. podcast. I thought, no, I this thought a, you were saying... It's a character that I play who... <laughs> Recommend some of the Adam Sandler movies and not other ones. Oh. Chris Zane. <laughs> I'm going to refrain from saying what my uh, what I would do in real life because uh, I I want to keep that division between my work public and persona and my, yeah, my work and my yeah. private life. Um, no, just I I would if you already like this stuff, the Adam Sandler stuff. Yeah. Um. And if you liked uh, stuff like Big Daddy and so on, I would recommend it. I think that, uh, as I said, I think it was the funniest one since the um, some of the other ones, uh, some of the earlier ones. And I think that uh, Jack Nicholson certainly is just <clears throat> giving his all. He's yeah. mowing more than half my as lawn, always. I felt like. Yep, he, go- he gets in there and he mows all that lawn. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's The Shining or Anger Management, he's going to mow right, that yeah. lawn. Yeah. Um, so I will give it a light recommendation for fans of Adam Sandler who aren't uh, completionists. So like, if you're a huge fan, you're gonna watch all of them anyway, so it yeah. doesn't matter. But if you're like, yeah, I kind of like some of those. You know, that's yeah. So yeah, that not? right before I said no, I can't recommend it. I was thinking I would recommend it if you've seen other Adam Sandler films from the 2000s and liked them. Uh-huh. But that seemed... Oh, yeah. I, I just thought, uh, I, that means no. That means I don't recommend it. But I know, in a way, it's I, hard. Think, I, I, I think I could. Yeah, if, like, if you're a fan of um, 50 First Dates, which I believe is our next film, Ooh, or awesome. something like that, then you might like it. Like seeing Adam Sandler opposite someone else. Um, it's, a neat, it's neat. I think it's also neat in... I mean, this is a weird thing to say, but it's it's neat that most Adam Sandler films have him opposite a a popular actress, and yeah. the, the dynamic is like a love story. Yeah. But this movie yeah. really at the at the end, you know, the rug, you know, the the veil is lifted, and we realize it's kind of a love story. But for most of it, it's a story about. I mean, it's like the classic comedy duo, um, yeah. And seeing how these guys are going to get along now that they live together. I think the more again, right. more could have been done with that, but that's. So and there's 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 some unique, cool things about it for sure. Also has a great soundtrack. D- lot, does it? A lot of good stuff on there. Yeah. Is it? Well, I mean, if is that is that sincere? Smash Mouth. Yes. 
Tori Amos, Jane's Addiction. Are you just reading it? Cream, now? yeah, Filter. Lily Did this Armstrong. actually? You this, didn't. Act, did you actually think? Because I was thinking about the soundtrack, and I felt like of all of them, this had the least consistent. Yeah, uh, this is a bonkers soundtrack. soundtrack. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was all like at one moment, like they do the little transition songs between scenes, and one, it was doing some kind of night or not nineties, but like early two thousands pop punk some forty one style thing with like a like to go to the transition to the bar but then the next transition it was almost doing like a more like matrixy like (laughs) like that thing and i was just like this movie doesn't have a aesthetic i mean it's it's the 2000s aesthetic which is like we don't know what we are (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, but yeah you're you're totally right um you know and i think one part of the reason for this problem is that we're missing teddy castellucci in this film uh, oh, I mean, I missed no. him right away because we didn't have any of those great uh, airplane transition songs. And there was an entire scene on an airplane. Yeah, right. it's like you could have done right. like eight or nine of the... Wait, he did do the music. I'm sorry, I lied. He just... I don't know what he was thinking. I'll have to... I've been trying to get a hold of him. If I can't... Castellucci! <laughs> Casty! <laughs> Teddy C, come on! All right um we want to do we need do we want to do a wrap up have you checked the email do we have any uh any messages <laughs> yes i've checked the email one second we have three email okay well there are two security alerts and then andy from google welcoming me <laughs> to google <laughs> sweet our fans are pieces of shit (laughs) (laughs) so yeah if you want to get a hold of us you can send us your Adam Sandler related questions concerns complaints or related trivia to uh, 4aspodcast at gmail.com we're always happy to um, get an email Probably. We don't know yet because we haven't gotten one, but we're probably happy to. Wait, should we do that or should we be more like, yeah, so yeah, we've been really flooded with emails. We love talking to you guys. um, And yeah, really hoping um, to get to the backlog. But if you have a, especially a pressing email, go ahead and send that. Um, Can't wait to hear from all of you. Um, Yeah. yeah. We'll be, we'll be responding to some of these mini emails uh, later on. We are unfortunately out of time and cannot uh, do our mailbag today. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do want to just say quick shout out to Trish and to Peter who both sent in um, some Adam Sandler spottings. Uh, They saw uh, Trish saw him at an airport and uh, Peter was actually at a barbecue with Adam Sandler. My goodness. But yeah, so always great to hear from the fans. Um, And next time we will spend a little bit more time with that. Um, yeah, you can find us obviously wherever you found us today, and then um, wherever you know you're gonna find us. And with that, <laughs> I'm gonna make a list. I'll make a list so we can just read. It's it. all the things you can find uh, us on Spotify and Google Play remember, and yeah. iTunes Music Podcast Zone and uh, Castbox and all of the ones. <laughs> uh, Anchor. You can definitely find us on Anchor. Hell yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so next week I think we're on to fifty first dates. The all right, rom com all right. with uh, with the co star of Drew Barrymore. Um, really, really good things I've heard about this this one, and this may this may be one of the first Adam Sandler movies that I didn't see as a teenager. Oh, um, so this anger management came out when I was seventeen, two thousand three, sixteen or seventeen. Um, so I'm guessing, um, I'm guessing that, uh, 50 first dates probably came out at a later year because it came after anger management. Uh, yeah, 2004. So this will be the, the first movie that I haven't seen of Adam Sandler's. Wow. That's interesting. Soon there will be no movies of Adam Sandler's that you haven't seen. Oh my God, you're right. Are you excited? (laughs) I've gone, yeah. You can tell all your friends. I can't wait. You know, I think I've gone some 15 years without seeing one. And I mean, you know, without seeing a new Adam Sandler movie. Um, No, wait, I saw the, the one that started all this. Oh, yeah. The do-over. I saw that in 2016. Oh, I also saw Rain Over Me. Okay, forget I said anything. Um, <laughs> bye. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, until then, um, happy, you know, happy Madison and Shabaru. Hello? Dave, it's me, Chuck. Who's Chuck? Your anger ally. I'm in, a, I'm in a mood, Dave, a bad mood, a very bad mood. I was fired from my ice cream truck job today. No more fudgicles. What's an anger ally? Who's that? She making fun of me? No, <laughs> that's my girlfriend. You tell her to put her sock in it. All right, because I need to talk to you right now. <clears throat> We're a little bit busy right now, Chuck. Yeah, you busy? We're all busy, okay? You come down here, or the black wolf swallows my brain. Ah!